Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 50th. It's 50 episodes, Josh, of the iRace We Gamble podcast. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Alex Crum. I already referred to Josh. He's Josh Simer. What do you think? 50 is wild. You know that 50 is the smallest number that's expressed as the addition of two squares? What? <laughs> I feel like in this situation, you and I are the squares. But I have heard at one point or another that being a square is indeed hip. It's hip to be square. I have also it heard it is hip to be a square. Wow. Um, it doesn't feel like 50, does it? No, it really doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Almost, almost one full year of weekly record, one full calendar year of weekly recordings. Obviously, we take our off-season break, but almost one full year of Thursday-ish evenings Yeah, recording this podcast. And really, a couple bonus episodes thrown in there. So it's probably, cl- well, I guess those are probably in the same week as a regular episode, but still, impressive. Yeah. Also, Glad I'm- to be back. Yeah, the same, as always. Are we looking for... So, all right, so now 50. So next week at 51, we just automatically start looking forward to 100, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, but we may hopefully have a milestone before that. Um, and one of the cool things that happened to us squares is uh, Nate Ryan of NBC Sports actually uh, retweeted my reply to him because um, I started listening to Nate Ryan's podcast, uh, post-race podcast, usually has like Dale Jarrett, or Kyle Petty, other um, NBC Sports personalities on his podcast. They do a really good recap show. So I wanted to shout him out because I, I basically gave him that same compliment on Twitter. He appreciated it, retweeted it. Um, and then, you know, I figured, hey, I have Nate Ryan's attention. I might as well ask if he can come on the podcast. And he did say yes. And it was just over Twitter. It's not a legally binding contract, but... Hopefully we can figure something out. He said he's available after Labor Day because I think he's following the Indy 500 and all the lead up Memorial to that. Day. What's that? Memorial Day. What did I say? We don't, have to, we don't have to wait all the way until September. Okay, my bad. Memorial Holy Day. Holy moly, that amount of anticipation would kill me. I know, right? It would be <laughs> not only, I guess, at that point. But no, we, we hopefully will have a podcast with guest Nate Ryan. Even It might just be a short segment just to kind of get his thoughts on maybe some DFS stuff or uh, maybe some odds for the upcoming race. We'll see. But uh, very cool to see that. Glad we're getting a little bit of recognition now. It feels appropriate. 50 episodes in, somebody has to notice, right? Oh, they're noticing. Mm-hmm. All right, so shout out to Nate Ryan. Um, and yeah, if you want to see more of our uh, content that Nate Ryan enjoys, obviously, uh, feel free to follow us on Twitter. That's at iRaceWeGamble, just the title of the show, no spaces, no punctuation or anything. So easy follow, uh, check it out. And also follow Nate Ryan, honestly. He's a really good follow, and I, I do highly recommend his uh, post-race podcast. They're, they're great for getting some of the driver interviews that may not have aired on TV or kind of condensing some of the interview sound bites into digestible bits that are easy to get to. So really cool stuff from him. Um, not going to talk too much about iRacing this week, just because I haven't done too much of it. Um, it's Texas and it's not a great track in my opinion. 
Uh, so, you know, it's it's tough, but uh, not not doing too much iRacing this week. I might do some of the Mazda MX-5 races because they're at Watkins Glen, actually. So shout out to Watkins Glen later this year. We'll uh, we'll have some hopefully some special pod guests on that. But to be determined, we'll see. Um, but before we get back to NASCAR stuff, do want to touch on F1. We do have uh, the Spanish Grand Prix this weekend in Barcelona. Uh, it's at the Circuit de Barcelona, Catalonia, or the other way around. I'm not sure. I always know the track is Catalonia um, from all the racing games that I play. Uh, and they're doing 66 laps, 4.65 mile course, tough to pass. Or sorry, not mile, kilometer. 4.675 kilometers. Um, but yeah, it's hard to pass. And the new cars should help with that a little, but I don't know if they'll help enough to really see anything different than the usual. Um, but we do have, uh, we're recording on Friday, so so we have some free practice, one and two results. Um, it looks like Mercedes has found something to deal with the porpoising. They look a lot better. They were second and third in free practice two. Um, I've heard some media members refer to the Aston Martins as the green bull because Red Bull has accused them of stealing their designs. Um, FIA did not rule in any way towards a penalty, but I suppose if Red Bull can find some sort of evidence to support their claim that that can change in the future. But for the time being, Mercedes look a little bit faster, and Aston Martin looks pretty fast so far, at least faster than they have been. Um, So something to keep an eye on before you set your lineup uh, tomorrow at 10 a.m., is qualifying, uh, East Coast at least. So figure out what you want to change tonight or really early tomorrow morning. Um, the way this podcast posts, I'm probably talking in the past. So maybe never mind. Just make sure your lineups are set. Uh, <laughs> the race on Sunday is at 9. Um, Josh, I, I want to start with you. What uh, changes are you making to your lineup, if any? So I'm buying into basically all of the practice result hype. I'm going I'm going away from Verstappen for this one and I'm gonna pick up Lewis Hamilton. That's gonna save me two hundred thousand. And then I'm also going away from Perez and picking up Vettel. And that's saving me seven point one million. And that allows me to get off of McLaurin and back up onto Ferrari. Yeah. And those are the changes. I definitely like the Ferrari pickup, obviously. Um, Perez down to Vettel is a, is a steep discount, like you mentioned, but I think Vettel is going to be the best driver to take advantage of um, the upgrades that they have on that Aston Martin. So it's probably a good choice there. The Verstappen to Hamilton one's the biggest question mark. Now, Verstappen didn't show a lot of speed in practice, but it is still practice. Verstappen has been the fastest when his car doesn't break. So that's the biggest question mark. Are you making that move in any way, like, as a move toward the future, thinking, like, if Mercedes gets back on track, Hamilton's price will continue to rise? Because right now it's below Verstappen. That's more or less the way that I'm looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so if Mercedes gets on track this summer, that's a really, really good move. A um, little bit risky. And I still have Leclerc, and I still have Leclerc as my turbo driver. So, yeah, you still got the money turbo. That's he's easily the best turbo driver. Second best is probably either Perez or Sainz, based on whether Sainz hits the wall or not. 
Um, so yeah, interesting. I I think I talked about it last podcast. I plan to change from Stroll to Zhou Guan Yu um, and go from Alonzo to Gasly. But after seeing all these practice results and things, um, one thing that did jump out to me is Mick Schumacher was really fast in FP2. I'm a little concerned that maybe I'm reading too much into that. Um, but Mick Schumacher allows me to get a lot more budget available. Um, he's 0.1 more than Kevin Magnuson, and Magnuson has been outperforming him. So I feel like Magnuson is the better week play for this weekend. But Mick Schumacher is also a rookie, and if he sort of finds his footing and gets better throughout the year and into the future, then I could see him being a better pickup this weekend. So I'm kind of hedging towards the future with Mick Schumacher, but I wouldn't. I would say if you have Mick or Kevin Magnuson in your lineup, you're doing the right thing because they're just so cheap. Like six point two million is insane. And honestly, neither one of them should be cheaper than, than Latifi. Latifi hasn't done anything this year. Um, so yeah, I, I don't quite understand why Latifi's priced higher, but I think I'm going to go with Mick and Vettel. Uh, I'm going to wait to see free practice three results tomorrow before qualifying to lock those in so I don't use up my subs and then hate my choices. Um, so, yeah, right now, Vettel and Schumacher are my picks instead of Zhou Guan Yu and Gasly. But subject to change, and I'll be turboing Leclerc, too, because, like I said, he's just the he's the best one to turbo at the moment. So I'll tweet from iRace We Gamble uh, on Twitter and let you know what I end up with. Um, and actually, I'll probably tweet from there prior to qualifying, maybe even tonight anyway, just to give people the heads up, like, hey, get your lineups in, because if you're not waking up early on Saturday, then you got to do it now or tonight. All right, Josh, should we uh, talk about Kansas? Did you did Toto make it out of Kansas alive? Like, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you can't give me the... You can't give me the reference point when I'm not expecting it like that. <laughs> I got to keep you on bringing, your toes. Bringing my my own little uh, terrible joke against me. I know. Uh, so basically, that's my long way of saying I have no idea what happened to Dorothy and Togo. Okay. Well, they might still be in Kansas, but we're not. Um, but we will talk about what happened there. Uh, Kurt Busch had a very impressive win. Um, one of his most impressive, honestly, if you ask me. Um, and he did it in one of the best-looking cars we've ever seen, I have to say. So bravo to him and the Jordan brand for really making the most out of that paint scheme. Um, but yeah, yeah, that car was awesome. It was. It was so cool. Um, I actually, there was uh, some contention about the Jordan logo and whether uh, some of the more traditional die-cast manufacturers would allow would be allowed to make that car because the Jordan logo hadn't signed off on, you know, making diecast to that car yet. But mm-hmm. I saw Lionel, which is one of the premier diecast manufacturers, got approval and made it available for sale. So if you want a one of the really small ones, I think it's like twelve bucks for pre-order. I don't think it get gets to you right away. They probably have to make them still. Um I think it's 70 bucks for the for the sort of like medium 124th scale and then a hundred for the elite version of that, which I think is just like more detail and stuff like that. So if you like the car that much, you can purchase it online at this point. Um, 
But that really did sh not maybe not shake up the playoff picture, but constricted who can make the playoffs um, because it was another guy outside the top 20 in points getting a win. Um, so alongside, I think it's Denny Hamlin's outside the top 20. Sindrick, I think, is at least outside the top 16 and maybe Briscoe as well. Um, yeah, you, you should correct all of my errors that I made on this, uh, <laughs> this sheet where I tried to, uh, show how well we had done this so far this year. Um, you know what it means when I start correcting your system? I mean, I'm starting to figure it out. Yeah. <sighs> I stopped trying to confuse you because at that point it would have just confused me, but you, you've got the system and, down enough that you can correct my mistakes. <laughs> and look what's happening now. You give me a couple weeks. I'm going to uh -huh. figure it out. All right. Well, now that you figured it out, tell me, who do you think are your last three drivers into the playoffs? Or is there anyone in the playoffs right now that you don't think will make it based on winners and stuff like that? Oh. No, I think everyone in it right now is going to stay in it. Um, now before we started recording, we... We're discussing the hypothetical situations of a few more a few more unique winners and then somebody like Justin Haley uh just going out and uh winning at Daytona later on in the year or something like that. And with the deficit in points that Hamlin has because of the rough start to the season, could that potentially boot him out if we were to have 17 unique winners. So it's an interesting thing to think about. I don't see it as unreasonable at all and definitely feasible. But for my money, I would say that everybody who's in right now is, is pretty safe. Yeah. I guess it's important to note that if there was another non winner in the top 16, they would get booted before Hamlin. So right now, your only non-winners in the top, we'll call it 13, because the bottom three are subject to you know move out. But uh, the 12 and the 19 have not won a race yet. They're in on points relatively easily. But yeah, that whole multiple surprise winners thing could end up kicking one of them out if they don't get a win. But I think it's more likely that they would get a win than... Denny Hamlin get into the best points position. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. But yeah, give me, do you have a last three that you would put in the playoffs right now? I mean, right now it's currently as it stands, the 20, the four and the 10. Do you think those are the three that make it? 20, the four and the 10. Uh, the 20 and the 4, I would say yes. The 10, I have some hesitation about. Um, yeah, he's starting to fall back. He's the last one in by 11 points. It's not, not looking perfect for him. He has been pretty consistent, but he needs to start picking it up. Boy, oh boy. I'm gonna You know what? I'm gonna say the twenty-three. Ooh, Bubba. I mean, we did see speed out of that team this week. 
we saw a lot of speed out of that team this week, and he could also win at Talladega. You mean Daytona, but yeah, I get you. Daytona. God damn it. <laughs> I mean, he could win at Talladega, too. He's won there in the past, and he might win there, but it wouldn't get him in the playoffs because that's dirty. I was going to say, Talladega is where he won last year, right? It is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, all right. That's why I had Talladega on my mind. Mm-hmm. So, I, I like those picks. I think the 23, if they can figure out their pit stops, which this weekend they'll need to figure out their pit stops because the All-Star Race has a heavy emphasis on that. Um, they'll have a good shot at, at getting some really good finishes, maybe sneaking their way into the points, but also, yeah, potentially winning at Daytona. Um, he's probably not going to win on a road course. Trying to think of what other tracks. There's probably some mile and a half that you could win at. Um, so yeah, I think I think it's very possible that uh, 23 team figures it out. He was I'm, right there at the end of Atlanta, right? That's right. Yeah, and there's another Atlanta race this summer, so yep, there's yep. kind of another restrictor plate track in that sense too. So yeah, so I feel like he's kind of like a long shot wild card, but I can definitely see it happening. Yeah, and, and I'm in agreement with you on the 20. I think he's 48 points above the cut line. We've seen him perform well at road courses. We know he's just in general pretty good, Christopher Bell. So I think 20 is an easy pick right now, um, unless we get some surprise winners very soon. I think Redick is the biggest surprise right now at 22 points out, just because he's looked like he's had a race-winning car on at least like three or four occasions. I think of Bristol Dirt. I think of Phoenix. Um... California. He's had some really bad luck that has ruined a lot of his finishes. Um, even this week at, uh, where did they race? Kansas. Kansas. It's written right in front of me. Um, <laughs> he led early on. He won. The, did he win the poll or was he second? I can't remember. Yeah, I think he was second. Didn't Christopher Bell win the poll? Um, checking right now. Yeah, Christopher Bell, Tyler Reddick. Nailed it. Look at you. You know more than I do. Well, um, I want to go that far. <laughs> you know more about the most recent qualifying session. Uh, <laughs> Specifically the first two drivers. Yeah. So I- I'm going to put Redick in. I think he finds a way to get a victory at some point. He's been too strong all season. So give me the 20, give me the 8, which then it's down to the 4, the 10, the 3, and the three has been weird because he's looked really bad on a lot of tracks and then ended up with decent finishes just through surviving, which is important. Um, arguably the inverse of Suarez, who has run really well but not gotten the finishes because he even, he's even further out. Um, I like the 43, but only at certain tracks. The 17, I think I'm just going to sort of bold call. No one's going to hold me to this, so I don't care. <laughs> I'm going to say the 17 makes it in the playoffs with a win. He's another guy, Chris Buescher at uh, Atlanta or Daytona could get that win there. Um, has been a pretty steady guy most of the season. Hasn't shown a lot of speed. RFK in general hasn't, but I think there's a chance he gets a win and sneaks in. So give me the 20, the 8, and the 17. I'm kicking all the SHR cars out except for Briscoe. I was going to say you're taking Harvick out, huh? Yeah. yeah. I just That's kind of bold. He doesn't seem like he has race winning speed ever. It's like top five is the best he can do. And he did that a couple times, but that's about it. Yeah, but if you can keep doing that and you don't get 16 unique winners, you get in for yeah. two years in a row. I guess, but we'll see. 
Um, all right, we, we kind of already mentioned Kurt Busch. Um, honestly, he proved me wrong. Um, he proved a lot of people wrong, I think, with the way that he won that race. I had multiple opportunities to add him to my betting profile and have some shares of him, and I thought, no, something will probably happen where Kyle Larson or Kyle Busch will get the win. And that last pit stop, he fell back to third, and it was Kyle Larson and Kyle Busch in first and second. And I thought, exactly. I have Kyle Busch, I have Kyle Larson in my betting profile. I'm going to be good. I had Larson at plus 900 because I got him, I think when he had an issue mid-race, I can't remember what it was. Um, I got Kyle Busch at plus 1300 prior to the draft, or prior to the race, sorry. Um, so I felt pretty confident the start of that last stage when it was them 1-2. But Kurt Busch, man, he, he would not be denied. He just made great passes, did some great stuff. Um, I even noticed on... Like, I think, Josh, you mentioned you thought, like, oh, Kurt Busch did the smart thing and that kind of made Larson put himself in the wall rather than, you know, trying to bump him out of the way, right? Yep. Yeah. So I thought the same thing. I was like, man, he really gave Larson no room and put him in the wall. But I listened to Radioactive, and listening to that, his Larson's spotter comes over the uh, radio to tell to just sort of notify the team like oh Kirk put us in the wall and Larson comes on the radio after that he's like no he didn't so Larson felt like that move was totally cool no problem with it which I was surprised by but more power to Larson I will say Kyle Busch raced Kurt very um passively I think because he was playing the game of I don't think I can catch up to Larson and if Kurt's faster than me I'm gonna let him go and hope that I get a Bristol Dirt situation where the leaders wreck and I win. I don't think he was doing it because he loves his brother. <laughs> Maybe that's controversial, but I doubt it. Um, so yeah, I, didn't work out in Kyle's favor, didn't work out in my favor, but Kurt Busch really was impressive this weekend. Did you, I mean, were you expecting that? <laughs> no, I'm just glad we mentioned him and the guys that we missed. Yeah. That's true. I am. Yeah, he was in there. He was the guy we said at some point we just missed him because at least we didn't completely miss him. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was just an impressive race the entire time, and you know, pretty pretty cool for him to win in a Toyota too, and to have now won races with four different manufacturers in his career. Yeah, and currently I don't think anyone else can even come close to that because his fourth manufacturer was a Dodge, and they're not even in the sport right now. So that'll be (laughs) nice. Yeah, so so he would you say he was a surprise? Of course you would say he is a surprise. Um, Who do you think your biggest surprise is for the season right now? So – I know I mentioned Redick about being surprised that he's not higher on the points, but I'm not, I'm not really surprised because I have also watched him run into the wall enough times to be in that position or have problems with his car. So it's the, if you told me coming into the season, Tyler Reddick's going to be 18th in points, 22 out, but had some shots at a couple wins. I don't think that would have surprised me too much before the season. We're at the one half mark of the regular season, I think. Um, something close to that. So at this point, I'm not too surprised by where he is, but I am surprised he hasn't sort of taken advantage of the opportunities. I think my biggest surprise. This is an easy answer. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. 
Is it? No, don't try to guess who. Don't try I know, to guess I know. who no, it is I'm, for I'm, me. I'm like, wait, what is my biggest surprise? I'm not sure if I know it. <laughs> um, just keep going where you were going. I don't. That's the thing is, I realized I don't I, know. I didn't going. know where I was going. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. Um, oh man, I had something in mind too. That's the thing that bugs me. I guess I'll say. Chase Briscoe getting a win and being in the playoffs. It's kind of like a Cole Custer win of a couple of years ago. So I'll say that, but I'm sure I'm forgetting something. I'll one-up you, and I'll go with the guy with two wins, Ross Chastain. Oh, that's right. That's what I was going to say, but you deserve to say it. Go ahead. <laughs> Ross, if you told me Ross Chastain had two wins before the All-Star race, I would, I don't know, ask you, ask you what you had in your pocket. <laughs> um, I would have, yeah, I would have absolutely never believed that. I had an inclination about Briscoe. I think really? it's definitely, oh, yeah, definitely a surprise, but I did say at the beginning of the season that I thought he would be SHR's best driver. He's the only one in the playoffs right now. Yeah. So by that metric, you're right. Yeah. So. Absolutely no qualms with picking Briscoe. I think they're both definitely worthy of being considered the biggest surprise. But yeah, so the one in the fourteen. All right, I, have I mean to the fourteen would be my second choice. Yeah, that's that makes sense. Um, so real quick, at Ross Chastain in total this year. You mentioned his two wins, but he also has seven top fives and eight top tens in 13 races. I think that's actually even more surprising. Like him getting a win at Talladega feels like anyone could win there. Okay. I will say the Coda win was probably the most impressive because he was one of the best cars. He drove a great race. He made a great move at the end. Um, so the Coda win was the most impressive to me. But the eight top tens and seven top fives is really, really impressive. Um, he also led 273 laps so far this year, which is more than he's led in his previous, uh, we'll say, 100 starts prior to this year, close to that number, even a little more. So pretty good, pretty solid. He had, And also for reference, he had eight top tens last year. He has eight top tens already one third of the way through the season. So agree very much. Ross Chastain is the biggest surprise. Um, does he? Would he be one of your like top three guys so far that we've seen this season? Out of out of everybody, like who are your top three right now? Uh, honestly, Chastain might be one. Okay, I can't argue. Uh, he's been great. He's been consistent. I feel like whenever I'm watching a race, he, as long as he hasn't had an issue, he is in the top ten. Yeah. He really is. And if he has a bad pit stop or gets some type of dumb luck that sets him back a little bit into the field and we get a caution restart where he's 19th, I'm just like, oh, don't worry. Within <laughs> 10 to 15 laps, he'll be at about 11 or 12. Yeah. So he's he's really impressed me. So he's going to be my first pick. I think on the same vein, 
I probably got to put Byron in. Yeah, I mean, he's he's, he's got two wins also. Probably could have won this past weekend if he didn't have a flat tire like everyone else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, shocker, wheels and tires. That's all I'm saying about it. Yep, still a problem. You know, I think I'm going to round my list out actually with Kyle Busch. All right. Um, he has his win. He's been in contention for wins often as long as it's same thing with Chastain. If it's not an issue, I always look at the leaderboard and basically expect to see him inside the top 10. Yeah. So maybe not the way I thought I was initially going to go with that list, but (laughs) the, uh, you know, the more and more I thought about it, I think think I'm pretty happy with with those three as my top three for the first third of the season. Yeah, I, it's really interesting because to me, I if so if I'm looking at the point standings, right? It starts out with Chase Elliott who has a win, and then it's got Ryan Blaney who doesn't. But I feel like Ryan Blaney started the season really strong didn't manage to get a win, but now he's starting to fade. So he might be in trouble if he doesn't score something at some point. Um, so I don't like Blaney as a top three guy. It's hard to ignore Chase Elliott, but at the same time, if I asked you rest of season, who would you rather have Kyle Larson or Chase Elliott? Who are you picking? Oh, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to, Still stay with Larson. Chase is tempting. I've kind of liked how Chase Elliott has looked this year, but I mean Larson and yeah, just rewind two minutes and listen to what I said about Ross Chastain and Kyle Bush. It's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with Larson as my number one because I think Maybe we just haven't seen him get to his maybe full form yet. And yet he still has a win and he still looks pretty good. Um, He doesn't have as many points as he did last year, but he's also just had some bad luck. And just, I mean, this race, he was all over the place. And I I was honestly kind of shocked he was still leading at the end after everything that happened to him. Um, I mean, he, he went for a couple bold moves that didn't work out, but you managed to at least save the car enough to knock it in the wall too hard. Um, or at least it seemed like it cause he was still up there at the end. Um, so give me Larson, give me Chastain for all the reasons you said it's he's, he's too good to ignore too many top fives. And I'm going to round it out with William Byron. Um, I would pick Kyle if his only win didn't come through a lot of luck. Kyle's been very consistent, very top five oriented, mostly top tens, really. Um, but he's he's had some good good finishes lately. I feel like he's coming on strong, but I feel like Byron should have won at Darlington. That would have been his third win. Uh, had a car good enough to win at Kansas, that could have been four. And I know we're kind of counting things that haven't happened, but. I don't know. I, I've been more impressed with Byron so far. 
Kyle Busch and the Toyotas look like they're stronger in these mile and a halfs in general. So I like Kyle this week. But in general, give me Byron, give me Chastain, and give me Larson. All right. I get so it sounds like Larson would be my four and Kyle Busch would be your four. Yeah, which puts which puts Chase Elliott like five. Yeah. Would you take Chase Elliott or William Byron rest of the season? I think I'd take Byron for everything that you were just saying. And, you know, the fact that I also put him into my top three. Yeah, I, I realized that question had a very obvious answer after I asked it. <laughs> Either that or I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> but I mentioned my, my betting profile uh, did not take any shares of Kurt Busch. Did how... You went for another little betting profile similar to me. What did you do? You remember who you really invested in that you hoped to win? Not off the top of my head, but I can find it real quick. That's true. I'll just go into my I'll just go into my lost bets in my sportsbook account. Your FanDuel sportsbook account, I believe. (laughs) That is that is the one. I had Hamlin for half a unit, Kyle Busch for half a unit, Blaney for half a unit, Chastain for half a unit. And that's the extent of it. Yeah. I mean, Hamlin was top five. Blaney led at some point, I thought. I'll double check that. I think he led two laps. Is that it? Really? I think so, yeah. Either that or I'm mistaking somebody. There was somebody at like exactly two and somebody at maybe 17. Uh, Blaney led one lap. Uh, One. Kyle Busch led 18 laps. So you're one off on both counts, I guess. On both. All right. But about about right. That's a fine ballpark. Yeah. So And uh, like you, I can... I was like, Kurt Busch, Kurt Busch, Kurt Busch. And then by the time I was like, Kurt Busch, he was at like plus 135. And I was like, oh. Yeah. That doesn't really work with what I'm trying to do right now. No, you'd have to basically mortgage all your other bets just to say, hey, hopefully this works out. And then if it didn't, you'd be screwed. So. Yep, that's kind of how I felt. I just I didn't trust in Kurt Busch until it was too late. But that's how it is. Do you have any hot takes you'd like to share? Uh, Texas is pretty hot, right? Uh, yeah, usually. Warm weather. I feel like the uh, action is not going to be very hot this Ooh. weekend at the All-Star Race. Uh-oh. I really like watching races (laughs) and everything that they're doing with this all-star weekend is basically just like we're doing a sprint series weekend. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. My hot take is I don't think I'm thrilled about it. I don't, I, I don't think I'm thrilled for, uh, for the all-star race. I understand. I feel like that's a uh, 
not an uncommon sentiment right now. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about the All-Star Race soon. But first, I do want to talk a little bit about how everybody did at Kansas. We talked about Kurt Busch. He was in the ideal lineup, obviously. Um, Chase Elliott looked like he would be a decent play. So did so did uh, William Byron. So did Ryan Blaney. But tire issues or what have you took out two of those three. Um, and so somehow the 47 of Stenhouse finishes eighth, makes it in the ideal lineup as your second highest scorer because he picked up 28 spots. Uh, great by him. Hamlin scores another good result. He's in the ideal lineup. Larson, who we talked about, finished second, um, despite scraping the wall like five times. Uh, and Bubba Wallace, despite all his issues, still finished 10th, still picked up 14 spots. Looked like he had a car that was close to Kurt Busch's and could have been a top five. Um, but ultimately, he never got to show that speed up front, unfortunately. Some pit crew mistakes. He did, uh, Josh, I don't know if you heard, um, this was actually on Nate Ryan's podcast. There was a sound bite of somebody asking uh, Bubba Wallace, like, hey, you got a top 10. Like, how do you feel? He's like, terrible. Pit crew sucked. <laughs> so, I, I heard rumblings of it. Like, objectively, his pit crew did suck. They lost a tire with, like, one of the second to last pit stop, I want to say. And it really cost him a bunch of spots. Like, do you think that's, hey, keep it in-house, save those comments for the team meeting, or do you think it's fair to blow off some steam to the media? I think it should stay in-house, but I understand with how late it was and how much it affected his race why he would be pissed off and and react that way. So, and you know, more or less having the same car that the guy who just went out led 116 laps and won the race has. Yeah. So I can understand the frustration. I don't agree with him handling it that way. I think it should be a in-house behind closed doors conversation, but I understand why it happened and don't, think there's really anything like there yeah i don't know it, it's a non-story for me i guess yeah i think uh the way i would put it is it's it's not the ideal response but it is an understandable response um so ideal lineup but not an ideal response i guess is the cheeky way of saying it um yeah. but yeah that rounds out your ideal lineup which would have been 362.8 so if you came anywhere near that number you probably did amazing um, I had one lineup that did decent, which was my cash lineup, and it didn't fill. But it scored 308.4 if it had, which means it would have scored in tournament or cash, but I didn't get it anywhere. Um, I also had a DraftKings lineup that didn't work out for me because it had Suarez and Redick, who both had issues. Um, my FanDuel tournament, I had Larson and I had Chastain, which were good, but I had Suarez, which kind of killed that lineup. I was 25 points outside the cash. Um, Logano was my lock. He really didn't pick up the places I expected. In the first half of the race, he looked terrible. Middle part, he started to get close to the top 10, and then at the end, he faded again. So 
at this point, I don't trust the Penske cars at these mile and a half tracks, even though Logano won at a 1.3 whatever mile track in uh, Darlington. I think that's a special example and not the norm. So not expecting a ton out of him this weekend or at any mile and a half unless I see some improvement somewhere. But yeah, didn't didn't look great for me. How did you do? Um, slightly better. My cash lineup didn't fill, and it would have lost, so that's a win. Yeah. And my tournament lineup uh, won 2.5x, which was fantastic, and let's just ignore the bonus. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, our buy lows weren't very good because we just got unlucky, honestly. You had the 31 that was... It seemed like he had some sort of electrical issue at some point in the race that screwed his race up. Um... And I had the 99 who got in that wreck. But you should have made your buy low the 47. You had him in a lot of, in at least more than one place. And he, he was in the ideal lineup. So at least bravo yeah. for the 47. Yeah, I had him in, the winning, in my winning tournament lineup. And the bonus that I said we weren't going to talk about was essentially all of the guys starting really, really deep in the field and chase elliott because i could afford him yep and that ended up being the wrong choice yeah you probably at the point i actually at the point i took chase elliott i had the entire board ahead of me that lineup i think only i think i had like 4700 remaining budget yeah you definitely had a chunk so if you had gone with the five over the nine, you might have gotten close to some money, I think. But yeah, probably yeah, would have been very close actually. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the the fact that I had him in in two separate lineups and didn't even think of him as my buy low. Oops. <laughs> It happens. And I mean, I think the 31 would have been good because we saw Noah Gregson in the 16, the same team, do way better than he has been doing uh, as a rookie, sort of getting his first chance in Cup. So, unfortunate, unlucky. Uh, I was fortunate that I won both the drafts, but it wasn't through virtue of a great lineup. It was just because we all drafted some terrible lineups. Um, even the guys we missed weren't really that good. We just spread all the decent drivers out across all three lineups in both cases. So, not our best week for draft. Um, I think this week for drafts, Josh, I'm thinking because the All Star race has so few drivers, we probably can't even. I mean, we could make it guys we missed, but I don't even know if it would make sense. It'd be too few drivers. It would be the like the guy we're leaving out. Yeah, it's like the only ones left. So no guys we missed this week. No, yeah. I think we can skip that. Um, and we're obviously not... Honestly, we're not going to have lineups either for this All-Star race, which we're about to talk about now. Um, I've got we... something better than guys we missed. Okay. I'll I'll let you intro that when we get there then. Because we're not going to have lineups set because uh, with the All-Star open and the fan vote and everything, that gets, I think, four more drivers in the race. And I think they get like added last minute with prices. So... Um, definitely stay tuned to Twitter this weekend. That's where we'll be making our final decisions after the All-Star Open, um, regardless of whether Josh watches it or not. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be watching it. All right. Well, 
we're talking about it already, Josh. I want to say I know you're not exactly uh, hyped about this all-star race, which I understand. I don't like the track. I think it'll be difficult to pass. I think the stages are probably too short or there's too many of them. But in terms of the format, can I just get like everyone seems to be up in arms about oh, it's so confusing. It's so, you know, unnecessary to make it this crazy. I think the format's great in terms of not not stage lengths, but in terms of how they're setting the lineup for the last stage. Can I, is there any way I could convince you that's right? Probably not, but you should try. Okay, well, basically what I would say to, like, let's say, you know, if I was like, oh, hey, Sarah, I wanted to tell you how the All-Star format works this weekend because it's a little different than normal. Um, I would basically say, hey, if you win a stage, you start up front in the last stage. And if you win the pit stop competition, you get to start up front in the last stage. Everyone else gets to start wherever they finish the la- the third stage, which is the second to last one. Um, yeah, but you're leaving not. out the detail of they have to finish 15th or better in the other two stages. Right, but think about that for like any amount of time, and you'll realize that if you won stage one, what are the odds you're not going to finish in the top 15? Unless you're trying to stay out of a wreck, so you fall to the back on purpose, which they want to disincentivize. Or you get in a wreck, in which case you're not going to start front anyway, or you have a major issue, same thing. So the top 15 thing, I think you can basically ignore, because guess what? If somebody wins a stage and then they fall way back, the broadcast will be like, hey, if they don't finish in the top 15 now, this could be an issue for them. And also there's a pit stop competition where they let someone get into the top top four starting spots based on that. But everyone else... All the rest of the field just starts where they ended stage three. And then it's a 50 lap stage to the end. And there might be an artificial caution in there. <laughs> I think that's enough information for the casual. There might, there might be. Right. There's no natural caution before, or no, not even before, between laps 15 and 25. NASCAR will throw the all-star caution. <laughs> To just stop what is probably a good race because we've gone 25 laps without a caution. What I've learned is NASCAR thinks they can't have racing after 25 laps. Or they're worried the tires will blow after 25 laps. (laughs) Which, if that's the case, you probably shouldn't stop it after 25. No, a lot of factors that they must be thinking about. So, So your hypothetical is really pleasing me right now because the best way that I was able to describe it to my wife earlier was by opening up an article and reading it to her. (laughs) (laughs) That's because you wanted to give her every detail, right? Well, I mean, the details kind of matter. Well, no, but here's the thing. It's like a lot of the... Yeah, I got all-star game for baseball, and it's like in the fifth inning, the seventh inning, and the ninth inning, a runner's going to start on third, first, or second, depending on if they have an RBI in the first four innings. That's a really good analogy that I have. Like, like what? No, I, 
I, I still think, like, for the casual fan, they don't need to know most of the extraneous details because they're only there in the, like, unlikely event that such and such happens. Right. It's, and the broadcast will explain it along. Exactly. The broadcast is going to say, hey, they're lining up for the final stage based on how they finished the first three and how they finished the last one. Okay. Larry Mack, tell us why this is able to happen. Right. And I will say, part of what people, I think, have complained about in the past is the amount of math required. Because, okay, at some point in time, they introduce these stages, right? Because they're like, oh, restarts are exciting, blah, blah, blah. But what they realized was, oh, we want to incentivize winning each stage. In order to do that, let's say if you win stage one, you get to start up front in the last stage. Well, guess what people did? As soon as they won stage one, the next three stages, they're just hanging out at the back. They don't want to race. They don't want to get caught up in a wreck. Okay, well, we don't want to incentivize those guys to not race, but we do want to incentivize them to try to win each stage. How do we do that? Okay, let's say you win the stage you get in at the front unless you fall back, unless you get in an accident, right? So, like, I understand where they're coming from, where, like, fans have said, we don't want to have to do math to figure out where they start because they at one point went to where you finish in each stage determines your starting position for the end. And it's like, what is your average finish position? Blah, blah. It, I think they're trying to simplify it, but also catch every edge case that would make someone not want to race. So, agreed, the overall format is confusing, but I think they're doing something that is good for the racing and will make for an entertaining product. I am worried about the stage lengths, though, because I think what you might have happen is somebody gets into the lead after five laps and they win the stage. The next 20 laps aren't really a battle for the win. And that's my biggest concern right now. I like your points. A lot of things I didn't think about, honestly. Okay. And I think your last point is probably the most likely to happen. Just once somebody gets a eight car lead, they're just gone. Let them go. Yep. Um, I was proven a little bit wrong last week at Kansas with like you know Kurt Busch battling Kyle Larson. I feel like that was probably around lap twenty five, thirty of that run. But that was after like twenty laps of having to like you know wear the tires out, and it was at a track where there's many grooves now the top was preferred but you could run bottom you could run other places texas it's not as good as that turn one and two you're gonna run the bottom or you're gonna run like a lane off the bottom either way you can take the air away from the guy behind you and and keep him there so yeah that's gonna be a big issue and i will admit that none of that covers the qualifying format which is also pretty insane um the, the qualifying format is probably the most insane part about all of it. It is insane, but it's also kind of cool. I like that they're involving the pit crew. Um, but yeah, so the way the qualifying works is there's 20 cars. Uh, they'll do their normal single run qualifying where everybody just like, okay, yep, you qualified 13th, you start 13th. But if you're in the top eight, you go to an elimination style bracket where you go head to head against the other people in the top eight. And the way they settle that is you both teams have to do a pit stop on pit road next to each other. So they have a temporary wall set up for the pit crew. That's basically in the outside lane of pit road. So they have something to jump over. And, and so they have a wall behind them in case the car behind them screws up something crazy. 
Um, <laughs> I don't think that'll happen, but probably best to put a wall there just in case. Uh, so the way that'll work is, you know, two drivers pull into the pit box and stop. Both crews change all four tires, hopefully. And then he takes off on off of pit road and uh, there's like a dotted line to make it so that like the guy on the outside can't just like crowd the guy on the inside before they get onto the track. But once they get onto the track, it's just two cars racing and whoever wins moves on. So a lot of head to head racing, which I think is an interesting concept. I'll be curious to see how it looks. It might look really silly when one team destroys the other one on pit road and the driver can just be like, OK, I guess I just drive around the track now. Um, but Josh, you had an interesting uh, take on the qualifying situation based on the the issues we've seen so far this year. What are you, what are you thinking? Yeah. So as you were, as you were talking, I was thinking to myself, you know what? This offers a lot more betting opportunities mm. because I'm sure the sports books are going to be like round two or round one, race two, so and so versus so and so. That would be who a really do you want who do you want to get who do you want to bet on and i'm I'm guessing that's gonna happen if it does happen, follow us on Twitter at iRace we gamble for a little nascarology it's like bracketology, but with nascar yeah, yeah, so if that does happen, then I mean regardless, I think you and I should have a little Twitter back and forth of how the bracket's going to look. For sure. Yeah, I think once... Before the first heat starts, fill out the bracket. Yeah, yeah. I think we'll get that top eight. I expect once we have the top eight, they'll go to commercial break and then come back so they can set up all the pit road stuff. So, yeah, we'll we'll do a little, like you said, NASCAR bracketology um, and post our predictions on Twitter just for fun. But anyway, I have... Speaking of the gambling, I have a line that I would like to offer you. In these head-to-heads, the bracket, there's going to be seven one-on-one races. So 14 cars. I'm going to set the over-under at one-half for a driver to report a loose tire or a tire to fall off before the drivers reach the end of pit road. Now, I understand that that's a short distance, but there is no speed limit on pit road for this. However, they are doing it near the exit of pit road. So I would say you should extend that to the rest of the lap because... Wait, they're doing it... I I thought that they were doing starting at the beginning of pit road. No, so the way that um, the pit stop competition during the race works is that it's the time you spend on pit road total. So it's when you enter to when you exit, including your pit stop, because it has to be four tires. But for the qualifying, the drivers are starting at the end of pit road, pulling forward like 10 or 15 feet, stopping in their box, getting their tires changed, and then doing a lap. So I would say include the lap as part of the the bet because it, no one's going to report a loose wheel 10 feet off of pit road, but they might lose a wheel and they might feel a vibration and say something over the radio on the lap. So the line is 0.5 for a lost wheel. 
during the bracket. Right. And we've got eight drivers in round one, four in round two, two in round three, and one in round, or wait, that's it, right? Two, that's four, it, yeah. Yeah, so you, you end up with 14 pit stops, I think, total. 14 pit stops total, seven head-to-head matchups. Yep, that checks out. Math works. Um, I'm going to take the under. All right. I'll take the over. That's, yeah. <laughs> I'll bet oh. you a coffee. What's that? I'll bet you a coffee. That's fair. Next, uh, next time we go out in the morning for golf, I'll, uh, I'll have to bring an extra. Bring, bring a coffee with you for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which probably isn't going to be the case. But I, I'm actually more curious. Do you think they suspend the crew chief for four races if they screw this up on, on just the qualifying? Not in the race, but during qualifying. Oh, if they do, that crew chief has a real easy appeal. Yeah, right? Because, like, it's a qualifying session. There's no other cars on the track to hit the tire, arguably. So, so the reason why I'm taking the over, though, is because it's part of the race, and I'm just counting on one person rushing a little too much. Yeah, it's definitely possible. Well, hopefully... And, we, a- and we have a track record. We do. We do. <laughs> it feels like <laughs> at least one a race, right? Yeah, it feels that way. Yeah. All right, well... I think we should draft and line up. I'm hoping Bubba doesn't have any loose wheels because that would just be a bad look after last week. Um, but who knows? He's in the all-star lineup because like you mentioned earlier this episode, he did win at Talladega. So Bubba's already in. He 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 won't get the obvious fan vote that he, I think, usually gets. Um, but happy to see him in there on uh, on merit. But we... Uh, we have to draft draft a lineup with 20 of the 24 drivers available. Now, I will put this caveat in there. If you want to put a driver that's in the open and not in the actual race in your draft, because we're doing this before qualifying and before the open, you can do that, but they have to fit at a budget of, let's say, 10000 or less. So if you have 10000 or more, you, you can you can pencil in someone from the open if you really want. So I think the obvious name that jumps out is like a guy like Tyler Reddick, uh, maybe a Suarez, something like that. What do you think? I agree with your sentiment. I disagree with your math because you have to have 10,000 total when you remove the driver that you would remove. So if your driver that you would remove is 6700, you have to make sure you have 3300 budget remaining. Correct. But you don't know my point is that you don't know the prices of the guys in the open because they haven't been added to the draft the list yet. So if you if you were to draft Reddick, I have no idea how much he's going to cost. So I'm just saying like pretend they're all 10k because I don't know. Right. Hard to say. Yeah. Feels like it would be a safe number to start at. Yeah, I almost said nine, but I know this week is a little weird with the prices because there's so few drivers. Um, so that's why I went with 10. But 
Yeah, it's a little bit squished. It is. It is. All right, Josh. So are you ready to draft? I am. I believe you're leading the way. I am. So I guess I have to be ready too, huh? Um, it would work better if you were. Yeah. I think I'm going to take my uh, number one of our top three drivers that we listed. I'm going to take Kyle Larson. Um, he's expensive, but I think you can manage the prices relatively well this week. You've got some cheaper options still on the board. Um, not sure the usual $2,500 or $3,000 drivers, but guys like Michael McDowell, AJ Allmendinger, who is kind of surprised. I was surprised to see him on there, and then I remembered he won at the Indy Roval last year. Uh, Eric Almirola is only five, so I'm comfortable taking the most expensive and what I assume is the number one sort of choice this week in Kyle Larson. All right. I like the pick. I will take the 18 and the one. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) I almost took the 18, but I was assuming you'd take the five if I did that. Yeah, I would have. Yeah. So I, I knew I was choosing between basically those three. I don't mind Chastain, but I'm, it feels like he's gone from having one of the more dominant cars to having a top five car, which is by no means bad, but it doesn't feel like he has the path to victory that he's had in previous weeks lately. Um, All-star race, baby. He's my lock, too. I mean, sure. Why not? Um, I think the five is probably mine, so let's get that out of the way. We'll take the one and the five as our locks tentatively. Obviously, I guess it could change based on qualifying or based on who wins the open or all those kinds of things. Um, yeah. Yeah. Unlikely, but possible. Yep. Like those picks, too. Um, that forces me into some decision making, though. Hmm. I think I want to get my buy low now. Uh, which is going to be the 34 McDowell. He's the cheapest, and he hasn't been the worst. So by that logic, give him to me. Um, I'm also going to take Kurt Busch because the Toyotas on the mile and a half look pretty strong, and so does Kurt Busch in his 2311 ride. So right now I have a Chevy, a Ford, and a Toyota. And I'm happy with that. I like Kurt Busch a lot, especially at 8000 Like, that price point is kind of outrageous after what we just saw, if I'm being honest. Yeah, you're not wrong. So, actually, maybe Kurt Busch is my real buy low, but I'll, I'll stick with McDowell. I'll stick with McDowell. All right. Now time for me to make decisions. Mm-hmm. I have some budget left, but not really. Uh, So to loosen that up just a little bit, I'm going to take the 23 of Bubba. I like that a lot. Uh, Like you said about the Toyotas and this 2311 team coming in with a lot of momentum, a little good juju on their side. Bubba also looked really good. Maybe he knew how important pit stops were for the all-star race, so he decided to, you know, hold his pit crew's feet to the hot coals for a little bit and, uh, you know, 
let them know. Get your act together because it's pit stop race next week. True. It's true. And I like the price point of 6000 So it gives me another Toyota. I feel like I have to get another Chevy. So I'm going to go ahead and get all three of my top three drivers through the first third of the season. I'm going to also add the 24 of Byron to this lineup. Okay. I, I love that pick. He's He's been consistently strong, and he shouldn't have a flat tire if they only go 25 laps, right? I would think, I would think not. <laughs> All right. Well, I think I also need another Chevy. Um, and I think Chase Elliott, the reason that Chase Elliott has had the season he's had, the reason he's first in the points is partly due to his pit crew, which to your point could be very important this weekend. Um, even if I take Chase Elliott, it still leaves me with, still leaves me with 11.5 remaining, um, which leaves me room to take Truex or Hamlin because I still do like the Toyotas or Christopher Bell and 9,000. That's not a bad idea. How much, how much money do you have left, Josh? 8500 Okay, so you can't even touch Bell anyway. Um, I cannot. I don't mind Bowman, but I'm not so eager as to take him away from you. Harvick, I could see you taking, but again, I'm not, not as interested, although I do think he could have a good race. So I'm going to take the 11 of Hamlin. He's shown more speed overall, I feel like, lately. Although, hmm, Truex was really good at Vegas, and he did have a flat tire in Kansas. So it's possible he would have done better than he did. Uh, I, I'll go Hamlin. I just think that, you know, he'll, he's gotten his bad luck out of the way. He might show us what it's about this weekend. So I'll go 9 and 11. I was hoping you would go 19 because I agree with you about the 11 there. Ah. I like that lineup quite a bit. Yeah. I don't love McDowell. He doesn't thrill me, but I do like his ability to get you Larson, Elliott, and Hamlin. And do you know how he finished at Kansas? He was top 10, right? Was he sixth? He was near the top 10 at one point, but he actually finished 23rd. Oh. Guys, I don't know that, (laughs) The short answer was no. Yeah. (laughs) But I trust him. You named a lot of good names there. I did. I'm really, I really am very, very tempted by Harvick. I, real quick, I do um, want to say, uh, McDowell finished ninth at Darlington. I think that's what we were both thinking of. So mm, I had to throw that out there. But Harvick, understandable. Yes. So. This is the money that I would probably save and hope that 8500 gets me Tyler Reddick, assuming he's able to make it. Um, Harvick is good at Texas, but all of these numbers for Harvick that we're looking at include the last two years In a where he hasn't won a race. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the different car. Um, 
So I'm just going to follow my gut here, and I'm going to take who I thought at the beginning of the year was going to be the best driver on Harvick's team, and I'm going to round my lineup out with a 14 of Briscoe. Oh, wow. Yeah, he is at a good price. He's at a really good price. Yeah. And now I'm trying to decide, is Bubba or is Briscoe my buy low? That is tough. I think I think it's going to be Bubba just because of the Toyota edge that I think we're going to see. I agree with that. After I mean, it was one week ago where we literally just saw the Toyotas finish, what, all in the top eight? Something like that? Let me let me double check that. All in the top eleven. Yeah. No, all in the all in the top ten. I think the last I'll Toyota was tenth. I was like, why does this look wrong? Okay. Um let's see. Uh yeah, Bubba was top ten. He was the worst at tenth. You had yeah, so all six Toyotas were top ten. Yeah, the other five were in the top six. That's what I was thinking. And that's you got to remember, Bubba finished 10th, and that's the worst Toyota, and that's with a pit stop penalty, like two pit stops before the end, or one pit stop before the end. Like, he should have had a top five. So that tells you, I mean, based on just raw speed, they were the fastest cars, definitely. Yeah, they, they could have been the top seven, the six of them in Larson. Yep. And no Fords finished in the top 10, just, you know, saying. Which is why my lineup only has one of them. <laughs> and your lineup only has one of them. That's right. And I'll take the cheapest one there is. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll take uh, the fourth cheapest one there is. Yep. All right. So the draft went down. You ended up with Larson, McDowell, Kurt Busch, Chase Elliott, and Denny Hamlin. And I took Kyle Busch, Ross Chastain, Bubba Wallace, William Byron, and Chase Briscoe. So we only have 20 drivers right now. Yep. We've already drafted 10 of them. I think doing guys we missed would be kind of pointless at this point. So I think in lieu of doing guys we missed this week, we should – pick our three stage winners and the fan vote. Okay. Do you want to think who we think it's going to be? So like, like collaboratively who we think the four are. Yeah, I think so because the, we can't really draft it and we usually do guys. We missed yeah. as a collab. Um, I think we I think Tyler we... Reddick has to be a lock, right? Yeah, a hundred percent. Like he's just—he's been the fastest guy without a win by far. So I, I definitely like the eight. I want to throw the forty-three out there. Yeah, I was just looking at him too. The, honestly, the forty-three and the forty-seven both. Um, yeah, I mean the forty-seven I, has been a huge surprise to me, but I—I'm afraid of putting him in. I really am. I don't think. I don't know. 43 I like more than the 47. All right, so let's throw the 43 on there for right now. Uh, Who else are we looking at? 
Honestly, I will say this might be the first year that I'm like, I don't see an obvious fan vote winner. Um, I think NASCAR, let me let me double check the NASCAR Twitter handle because they have been tweeting out like the top four in fan votes. Um, but in alphabetical order, they won't tell you who's number one and who's number four. So let me see if All I can right. find that. I, I have it. You want it? Yeah. Suarez, Reddick, Eric Jones, and Corey LaJoy. Gimme Suarez. I think Suarez could be fan vote or win a stage. So I think Suarez is the easy pick there out of those. Because I mean, we have the eight and the 43. The seven could win the fan vote, but I mean, the 99 could win the fan vote or a stage. So I like, I like him a little bit more. What do you think? Uh, so you're saying put the 99 as our third right. stage winner? Right. And if you still like the seven to, to basically hedge and say we have the top four fan vote people guaranteed <laughs> to get one of them, I'm okay with that, but uh, I'm open to other names. It feels like the easy way out. Yeah, I don't want to do that. So if we're not taking the easy way out, I would say the three and the 17 are my other big picks. Maybe the 31, actually, too. Don't uh, feel like the three has shown us more long run speed than short run speed this year. Okay, that's fair. Oh boy. So, yeah, as I see it, it's really hard not to just say Corey LaJoy. Yeah. I think I prefer the 17 to the 7. I'll put it that way. Okay, so we go 17. We add the 17 and we move Suarez to fan vote. Right. Or, yeah, that's my thing. Is like I think the 17 probably can't win the fan vote, but could win a stage. And I think Suarez is the better fan vote answer because he could win a stage. But see, the biggest problem is if the 99, the 43, and the 8 all win stages, then 7 is the right answer, probably. <laughs> um, but I, I just like the 17 a little bit more for a stage win. So I, I kind of want to lean towards stage winners rather than just bank on the, sta- on the fan vote. Yeah. Also, we, right. don't know, we don't know how close 5th place is for the fan vote. We just know the top four. The 5th place guy could be not that far behind. But he becomes second place when the first three guys are taken out, you know? Yep. So what do you, what do you think? Are you down with the 17, or do you want to fight against that? No, I'm good with the 17. Okay. I would maybe lean 47, but I'm fine with the 17. Okay. Well, uh, if we see anything, because I think they do some practice still this weekend. Um, I assume the all-star open drivers get to do some, but I don't know. Um, if we see something in practice that jumps out to us, obviously, like we've said, follow us on Twitter at iRaceWeGamble. We'll obviously tweet out updates, tell you what we're thinking um, after practice, after the qualifying bonanza of whatever the hell we're going to see. Plus, we'll see who gets coffee, you know? Um, and then, yeah, for the race, we'll obviously have the potential to change our lineups with four drivers being added to the slate last minute. So 
keep uh keep your phone or iPad or whatever you got open on uh Twitter um after you watch the All-Star Open just refresh that page and uh we'll we'll tweet something out. Yes, yes we will. Um potentially petition to move everything up 3 hours. <laughs> yeah, wait, what are the what's the times? I didn't even look at when this race starts. Uh the race is 8 p.m. They they love their nighttime uh, all star race. Boy, I should really have the schedule pulled up, shouldn't I? I mean, I didn't, so I can't pretend like you should have if I don't. So the open is at five thirty. I believe practice qualifying is Saturday. Uh, yes. Yes, it is Saturday night. Yep. So that's going to include NASCARology. The All Star Race, eight PM on Sunday. All right, is it time for weather? I mean, yeah. What are we looking at Saturday? Eighty-eight on Saturday. So. Actually, now that I'm looking at this even closer, probably a decent chance of thunderstorms popping up because they have a cool front running through the area. They're going from an 88 on the high for Saturday, and Sunday is only a high of 71. Yeah, it's going to cool off quite a bit overnight. And then Sunday night is mostly cloudy skies early with scattered thunderstorms developing late. So that should be okay. Sunday during the day is mostly cloudy with a stray shower or thunderstorm possible, only a 15% chance though. So if for some reason Saturday night does get affected, then I think they have the opportunity to do it, you know, just do it at one, one in the afternoon on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. They might even do it earlier than that, just with the way they do qualifying sometimes, but Yeah. Keep it tuned to iRace We Gamble on Twitter because we'll we'll update you if anything gets delayed. We'll retweet all the relevant information. Um, so yeah, looking looking forward. Well, I'm looking forward to All Star Weekend. Josh, are you looking forward to it yet, or are you still a hater? Oh crumb! I got onto this podcast, and now all I have on my mind is NASCAR. So I'm ready for Sunday and right. Saturday night. Exactly. NASCARology, baby, trademark. <laughs> That's right. We we need to. Where's the patent office? How do I <laughs> how do I trademark or patent this phrase? All right. Well, glad you all could join us for our fiftieth episode. It feels like a milestone. Very happy to have made it this far. Hope to continue to produce these into the future to a hundred and beyond. Um, thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll catch you next week.